Hello everybody, Tony Bennett here today. I've come to say, I walk along the street of sorrows, the boulevard of broken dreams. And this is the Lucky Shoe Podcast. Today we have Matthew and May. Hello, hello, bitches. <laughs> hello. What's up, what's up, y'all? You've been watching Breaking Bad again, May? Fuck. Yeah, no, it's just a habit. Where's my money, bitch? <laughs> bitch. Hi ho, fucking Hitler, bitch. Oh I actually God, did just finish. I just did fin- finish rewatching Breaking Bad recently. Uh, my girlfriend's been watching it for the oh, first nice. time. We just finished it up <laughs> for the nice. first time. Yep, I've never. There was a lot of people were getting back into that show. We're just seeing it for the first time. I, I got a confession to make. I've what? never watched it before. Oh man, it's a good show. Get like, out of here. In terms of like consistency in writing, it's really there's very few plot holes. Like I'm sure there are some, but it's a very concisely written show. Very well done. So I would recommend it to anyone I saw, that hasn't seen it. I saw a post from my friend saying that when she started watching it recently, it gave her anxiety about her anxiety about her anxieties. <laughs> Damn. She was just making her anxious. That's deep. Hmm. Very deep. Right deep na- yeah. Lately, I've been watching Altered Carbon. Oh, I've nice. heard that's good. I've watched the first couple episodes, and what threw me off, <laughs> I actually just talked about this in the last episode that I'm gonna that, that I uploaded but yeah. I don't like the trend in sci-fi or cyberpunk where the bad guys have f- fucking lasers on their head or like lights on their helmets it drives me crazy because they always get their heads blown off and I'm like how can you be surprised you have a big red light straight <laughs> on your forehead huh <laughs> <laughs> and altered carbon has that like big time in it all over the place and i'm just like i i can't take these bad guys seriously it's like the splinter cell games i always saw the cover of the splinter cell games i'm like that, that just looks ridiculous <laughs> you know it's one thing that nobody talks about is that mm. the main character is basically he's an asian guy but he's in a white man's body He's doing mm. white face. I find that also problematic. Actually, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Though. Like, do we no, know that? Mm, do we know that if he's really Asian or not? I mean, no, yeah, what, he, what if what what if he was originally? Oh, what? It, you see it in the flashback. Well, that oh, yeah, that but, could have been his I second mean, body or third body. Yeah. His name is Takeshi, isn't it? Mm. Maybe he was originally a white dude appropriating Japanese culture and then took over a Japanese body. There you go. And then then it became a white man again. Exactly. Because he didn't choose the white man that he is now. Uh Uh-uh. The white man chose him. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Takeshi, I choose you. That seems bad. (laughs) I'm going to get arrested. Woo-woo, PC police. I've only seen the first two episodes, or is it three? So, I I know that he's like sort of married his daughter, the billionaire or whatever. Oh, wild! Really, 
or trillionaire or something. Or what I know for sure is the daughter has, like, twelfth daughter or something has taken over her uh, her mother's body. Is that the show that the universe where people like travel through the galaxy by just like switching bodies? a different body that's on a different planet instead of sort like of. flying there they just like take a different body that's already on that planet or isn't like doesn't that happen uh i don't know i don't i don't know if, if they've taken over the galaxy yet oh really okay <laughs> I, I don't I, I haven't gone into it enough to see it i know there's books involved or maybe they like maybe it's a solar system only or something but i'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the one where they're like the way that they do very quick travel is actually by like just transferring their consciousness over yeah. other planets. Yeah. I like that. If that's true, I like that concept. I think that it makes, makes sense. It's more feasible than uh, achieving FTL, I feel like. Yeah. And everyone's pretty much immortal by that point in that universe as well. Yeah. Maybe I think... if your consciousness lives on inside of your robo brain. I think I've seen this concept before. Uh, I forget the physicist who talked about this, but he imagined like you have little nano robots, you send them out, and they find a planet. They use the materials of the planet to make more of these nano robots, and they expand out further and further and further. And they build structures for you. And then once it's they're done, then you basically send over the consciousness of the aliens to that planet into whatever paradise that you've made your you've had your robots create for you oh that would be cool i think it, i've it, seen it, that's it pretty much that's what the replicators were in stargate right did you watch stargate uh not not far into it mm. that's a good show it's long though what's me what's up me i've never seen it it's what? yeah it's a good show it's classic you should at least watch like a few episodes like Get the general idea. You know that show Ancient Aliens on the History Channel? Yeah. It it existed before that, but the premise is, what if that was true? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty enjoyable. That that has a lot of nostalgia for me, so I can't really be objective about whether it's actually good, because I watched it, my family watched it when I was young, but it's a fun show. Yeah. I enjoy it. Turns out, if you can achieve... 10% of the speed of light uh, using that replicator method you could traverse the galaxy I believe within a million years which that like sounds I know way. that sounds yeah the, the Milky Way galaxy you could achieve it you could go traverse well, it within exponential a growth, million right yeah yeah an exponential people underestimate exponent exponential growth is such a wild concept that it's hard to really grasp I don't know. It's just going to infinity that quick. Hard yeah. to understand. I learned this early on during the uh, pandemic, back during March. So imagine you got a, a lily pad, or you imagine you got a pond, and the rule is the number of lily pads doubles every day. All right? And I think it went something like, you start with one lily pad, um, and let's say at the end, you eventually, after a month or so, you reach like a thousand, or after some time, you reach a thousand. Uh, you when at what point do you get half of them? 
you get half of them at the last day, which is crazy. It took mm-hmm. you like, it, it took you like most out of all days, like 29 days or whatever, you only get 500, but you get the last 500 after just one day. Yeah, that's actually oh, a really sure. cool conceptualization of it. That's a good way of explaining it. I like that a lot. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy to think about. So just changing one or two people at the beginning of the pandemic could literally mean uh, could mean the difference between hundreds of thousands of cases eventually later on, maybe millions of cases eventually. Yeah. Well, right now I feel like I feel like people aren't giving a shit. Honestly, recently, people are uh, people are getting quite fed up. Yeah, you know? I was at um grocery store today, and it was just packed. Like everyone was wearing. Masks. Apparently the kids weren't, but yeah, ah, man, yeah. Apparently the kids weren't, but it was packed. Like it was, you know, the density of the state fair. Uh, yeah, it was it like was, that. It was like the density of the state fair, and obviously it's not as big of an area, but people were packed in there, like shoulder to the shoulder in some places. It was wow. It was not <laughs> fun. I Ooh. I got my eggs and my toilet because- paper. And I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> fuck, th- fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck this. I'm out. If they engage in mandatory lockdown, I'm going to go up uh, to my grandpa's place. I'm going like, to get a rifle, shoot a deer, and <laughs> eat that for the rest of the winter. Like, screw going to grocery stores. Go <laughs> <laughs> into survival fuck, mode. Man. Dude, did you see Phoenix Airport? No, it, it was pretty much like that, too. People just packed. All, everyone was wearing masks, but I yeah. mean, it was just fucking packed as hell in there. With, wow. I remember the, with, with the headline below saying the CDC is not is recommending that you do not travel by plane uh, for the holidays. YOLO. We were about to do this, start doing this podcast in person because by like just a month or a month and a half ago, the numbers were looking fine. Like, mm. like it wasn't great, um, but it was pretty. It was pretty all right. And just in the past month, like, dude, those the scientists were fucking right about the cold weather. Just, they they said as soon as cold weather hits, we're gonna see a spike, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, people people like to be indoors. People don't like being cold in the winter. Immune <laughs> systems are compromised too. Even slightly, yeah. you get cold, stress levels go up. I don't know. Yeah. Especially in college. Long, miserable winter. Especially on college campuses. Like I remember when I was a freshman or something, I had a professor who was explaining this to the class. Every, every year, you get a bunch of freshmen that come in. They don't, uh, they just go to parties all the time. Woohoo. And. They, they don't know how to eat well, so they eat garbage food, which yep. compromises their immune system. And then, bam, right towards the end of the semester, they just get the flu and they get super sick. They don't eat right. Uh, and yeah. they drink. And they yeah. drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The number yeah. of times I've, I've literally heard uh, people in college joke, obviously, they're not serious, but they do it though. They they joke that, oh man, alcohol like kills germs, right? So if I just drink a lot of alcohol, I'll kill all the virus in me. 
And then they like <laughs> down like three shots. They can't get sick now. <laughs> it's not chemotherapy, people. Have you seen the yeah. the remixes of uh, WAP from Ben Shapiro? They just like uh, no. they. You should look it up. They just uh, they just uh, put his lyrics. They just put his voice over the actual song. It's amazing. <laughs> that sounds great. Have you seen the video? There's a video on YouTube of two people um, impersonating Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson. And they have like a 15-minute discussion on WAP. <laughs> and they're like pretty decent impersonations. It's like, well, we can't, we can't judge the hierarchy of the wet-ass pussy. Like... Some sometimes a male is just more attracted to a a uh, wet pussy versus a dry pussy, and we like we can't deny the natural hierarchy of these things. That's 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 like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You see, <laughs> was, like I was fucking dying. It was such that, a good video. That is so late. I need to and then that. and then uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, impersonator was like, well, it's like. My wife doesn't get very wet, so it, it kind of like de- devalues her p word, as they say, and um, so it devalues her because, like, for me, when I'm, you know, getting in there, it, it feels kind of like a toaster oven. <laughs> Maybe this is an indication. So good. Memes are memes are good. Speaking of making fun of Ben Shapiro, have you seen his interview with uh, BBC? The BBC's Andrew Neil before? No, what happened with that? There was he had a total meltdown on the uh, uh, on the interview. He, I don't think he was prepared or something, and he eventually it resorted to him just calling Andrew Neil a total liberal left-wing liberal or whatever i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) something like that he didn't say those exact words uh it's been a while since i've seen the video but neil was like are you kidding me i if you if you know me i am not at all a fucking liberal neil is oh i think i did hear about that one actually yeah yeah that was a year ago right yeah yeah that was last year even people on the right were like Come on, Ben. Like, don't be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Neil, he—he's definitely not a libtard. Yeah, that's surprising. No. I feel like I don't know. That, that's off. That must have been an off day for Ben Shapiro because he's like, yeah, he normally is pretty snappy. I won't say he's normally pretty accurate because I—I don't necessarily believe that he's necessarily accurate. He's pretty snappy. Yeah, he's pretty quick he, on his feet. Yeah. The the mistake I think he made in this from this video from from this interview was that he was doing it. He was participating in a debate when there really wasn't. It really was not about a debate. This was a one on one conversation. Uh, yeah, he can't turn his this, debating off. <laughs> yeah, that I think that was the mistake that he made. Either you agree with him completely, or he's in debate mode, trying to prove you wrong. Yeah, that's where he goes. He's honestly, I think he would be a perfect. uh, What do you call those people? 
Warrior? And like, no, well, yeah, that. <laughs> no, I was thinking more like, what do you call those people in sports just making a bunch of announcements or uh, being a oh, jockey sportscaster? Yeah, he would be a perfect sportscaster. Mm hmm. I no, totally you know what, imagine. Bill? I don't think that was actually a foul pass. So if you look over here, it's like, <laughs> yes, you can clearly I... see on the slow replay. <laughs> yeah, if I don't know, if he ever fucking implodes or whatever, I think he could easily switch to that kind of career. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure he would need to switch a career. He's been a lawyer for quite a while, and his wife is a practicing doctor. So I bet they're pretty set. They could probably like. I bet they could deadass retire, honestly. Like, those are two pretty well-paid jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Remember, kids, to be a good lawyer, you don't... It's not a really... It's, it's more about... It's not really about how, how right you are. It's more importantly how much you can convince other people that you're right. Mm-hmm. And how you can spin a story. That's the thing about Ben oh. Shapiro. Is, that's why I didn't want to say he was necessarily accurate he's snappy and he's quick and he'll probably like if i don't want to debate him he'd pin me down in a debate easy um, yeah me too but he'll make shit up on the fly and it will be it'll be stuff that really helps his argument um mm -hmm. I he's, remember. He's, he knows what to make up and it's very snappy very quick but not always accurate do you guys remember Farron Meyer. Farron Meyer. Yeah. Like, yep, you showed yeah, me her. Yeah, yep. oh my god. She, um, back when she was still on YouTube, she wanted to debate Ben Shapiro on transgenderism. Oh. And, uh, oh my god. And, like, those two actually exchanged, it and exchanged some heated tweets. But um, when she announced it on Facebook, I actually personally messaged her and said, don't do this. Please, oh my god, do not do this. You're going yeah. to embarrass us all. She would have just gotten shredded. Wow. Yeah. Because I saw she was actually on a <laughs> news minute with Jordan Peterson way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. That was so weird in... seeing her there. Because she, like, was basically a wallflower. Like she would agree with people every once in a while. She'd chime in and be like, "I agree with that." I'm not making fun of their mind there. There's a funny uh, YouTube video by Freedom Tunes making fun of Dave Rubin. Uh, would recommend. <laughs> she, she was just like, "I agree with that." Look up Freedom Tunes. <laughs> You'll find it. Yeah, he's a pretty, he's a pretty good. Pretty good uh, comedian. Only when he, I only like him when he's making fun of the right, though. Because he obviously is right-leaning. And so when he makes fun of the left, it doesn't seem like it's in good like good humor. Seems like he's trying good. to be mean. Hmm. You know, when he's not, making fun of the left. Not in good face. Yeah. Not in good face. Yeah, when he makes fun of the right, it's like he's kind of like just poking fun at his own team. And it's like, you know, just having fun. But when he pokes at the left, it's like... Serious? Yeah. There's like a level of him just kind of being mean. And not necessarily like... I don't know. Yeah, too serious for me. I find it funny. 
I think I've heard of those. I think there's a prerogative for those kind of people. Oh, I remember. They're called enlightened centrist. There are people that bash that that bash both sides, but you can tell based on how they're bashing that they they lean more towards the right. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I like. I, I haven't seen much South Park, but I do like about South Park that they'll just viciously attack anyone. <laughs> yeah, yes. I've seen them. They took Bergerb and yeah, thanks. That I like that. <laughs> thanks, thanks for fucking giving me a S. Please get rid of your SUV thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah they have some good shit. Gave, they gave us PC Principal. Oh, yep. PC Principal. The best character. That's a good source of the meme. And then real- the reality doucher, whatever the fuck his name is, comes in. You've seen him before. He has glasses. He just he looks mean. <laughs> <laughs> reality yeah. doesn't care about your idealism. Well, it'll just take a big dump on that or whatever and wipe and take your ideals written on paper and just wipe it, wipe its ass with it. Man, I, I kind of want to try making some, like, of, you know the, like, way back in YouTube when there were video essays? I want to I try making I, a video essay. Then Vernaculus made a video essays. Dude, he took his entire channel down. None of his videos yeah. are accessible anymore. That hurt my soul. I mean, do, oh, he, you do back. you, Justin. Is he back now? Yeah, he's back. <laughs> what? But uh, none of his old video—he, not none of the old videos are uh, back. You know, I really so, wish he would just bring the one back that was uh, the one senator that was—he was in a news uh, meeting, and they were talking about Obama swearing in on the Bible. And first, the senator was like, "Well, I I don't think it's I don't think it's very uh, uh fair that he he's swearing in on the Bible, you know, since he's a Muslim." And <laughs> the news reporter was like, "Obama is a Christian." He's like, "No, no, no. He's just swearing in on the Bible because that's what you need to do. But I don't think he can really swear on it if he's not a Christian." And the news reporter he said, "Um, so you know, like you can swear on an." anything like anything that you want like he could swear in a quran if he was muslim and the senator just like stared completely blankly at the news reporter for like i don't know how long like felt like a minute probably wasn't that long and the news reporter was like you you didn't know that (laughs) i'm so sad that verniculus took that down because it was such a gem of a video I, like I could find it somewhere else, but it's a lot harder. Uh, he took his channel down because he didn't want to be known as a YouTuber. He just wanted to be known as an author. Ah, dude, he and was he one also, of my favorites. He was a good one. Yeah, it was also a mental strain on him. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, you do you, Justin. You do good stuff. I'm gonna buy your books. They're next on my list of stuff to buy when I have the money. Uh, you're you're high on my priority, buddy. I've followed you. Oh boy. I've probably followed Justin seven or eight years now. So 
Longtime fan. You do you. You make good you make good content and he's one of the YouTubers that always like posted sources in his videos description. And that like you rarely see that anymore. And I always respected that a lot. Because even if even if his take wasn't necessarily accurate or he was being like a little harsh on the people he was talking about, you could always go and look at the links and they were real links. Some people like put fake links in their channels. <laughs> um and yeah. Kudos to you. I, I hope I wish you all of the luck. Anyway. That was a little tangent. I was gonna say something. Oh, I remember. Uh, my brother, he is in an economics economics course for college, and uh, well, something he said his professor mentioned was right about midterms where he is at, at that time is the knowledge that he gained from his microeconomics course is about how much economic knowledge your average represent House representative has in Congress. Wow. I kind of want the Congress and really just all politicians to take the U.S. citizens exam and see how they do. Yeah. I also want them. I'd also want them to take a micro or macroeconomics uh, exam, or better yet. Uh, I, I think it would be a good idea if all of our congressmen, no matter what their background, ground is that they take a, a course they're required to take a course or training on the basics of micro and macro economics that makes sense yeah like yeah dude, i am super biased for this because i i think education is just like so very important for pretty much any job i, I like politicians should know a little bit of everything and a lot of some things. Like, they should know a decent amount about economics and statistics, for sure, outside of their political knowledge. But I also think they should have some exposure to the natural sciences. And I'm not just talking like, oh, you need to take one or two classes with a lab. Like, you need to, I think they should need to, like, take intro to all of the core sciences, physics, chemistry, biology. And just have an introduction to it, you know. Or not need to, because yeah. anyone can run, right? That's the thing. But I feel like it should become standard that they have these qualifications. Like, yeah, I think that makes sense. The biggest takeaway from those classes should not be the just the pure contents, but just the way of thinking uh, from a science. The way of thinking in, uh, in a science. Yeah, and yeah, obviously, don't make it a requirement because that is elitism for one. And for two, it's slamming the door for people with lower uh, opportunity. That's not great, because also people that don't come from the most uh, opportune backgrounds should also be able to have a voice in politics. But I think it should become, you know, like, common, at least, or something you look for. In a politician, yeah, I feel like there's too much in our dis in our discourse of just just looking merely looking for somebody where you could just have a beer with. You know what I mean? Yeah, that at least can, personally, oh, I can sorry. take you down a road of getting some real manipulative, real oh. manip 
feel of characters in there. My opinion, I think, at least for me, I, I'm looking for a politician that's not as smart as me, somebody who is more smart than me. So I think those are the people that would really help, that can have the capability to help this country, the, at least the most. What, what would you guys think of term limits for uh, people in the House and the Senate? What do you mean? So that way, can you elaborate? Yeah. Something like like the president gets to uh, is limited to two elected terms. So maybe senators can get no more than like oh. six, perhaps six, perhaps. So you can't. So that way we don't get like 40 year career politicians. So there's less, perhaps less of uh, less corruption. I don't know. Do you think do you think that would do you think that would help our political discourse a bit? So we we don't get out of touch as as much out of touch oh, yeah, politicians yeah, yeah. So that have kinda, been there for like forty years. Yeah. I needed to look it up because um, I didn't remember the name offhand. But so like kind of setting up more of a cursus honorum, which is the Roman. That's kind of like the Roman example of what you're talking about, where there's this path that um, and this was actually more intense than what you're talking about because there's this path for Roman citizens to move up the political chain, right? Mm. Um, There were different steps along this thing called the cursus honorum. Um, So first, maybe you'd become uh, a senator wasn't the first step, but bear with me. I don't remember perfectly. So for example, first you'd start as like a lower official and maybe work your way up to a senator and you needed to, every year you could only serve the same not every year there's a term. Every term, you can only serve each position for one term of that position. And then mm. you needed to move up the ladder, or you needed to move laterally, laterally to a different province. You could serve in the same position in a different province of the empire. Mm-hmm. So you either needed to move up laterally or down after one term. Oh. Um, and so it was to be in your year to be in your year is to move up every single year. And only only a few people managed to stay in their year on the cursus honorum. And then of course uh, before before the empire really formed cuz the cursus emperor uh, honorum predated the empire by a couple generations. So if they hit their consulship that's kind of like the highest office that you could rise to is a consulship. And then eventually you, uh, you, and that was true afterward, unless you had ambitions of becoming the next uh, Principe, which is the or the Imperator. So the, the, you could you should look up into the Cursus Honorum, C U R S U S, base H O N O R U M. It's it's similar to what you're talking. So yeah. Can't sit around and fart around in it in this exact same position for like fifty years or whatever. It would inspire competition. That's for sure. Um, it would also maybe oh, you know, if we let politicians move states and try and run again, like so in the Roman Empire, like I said, they could move laterally into another province. So the equivalent, somewhat, it's really hard to just Roman political system throw it on the U.S. 
that's hard to do. But somewhat equivalent would be then a senator moving from uh, one state to the next state or to a different state and trying to run there and win. So then you would actually have senators trying to move laterally if they didn't feel like they could move up to, um, to the presidency or whatever. If you say that the presidency is greater than senatorship, which I suppose in a way it is. I mean, not every senator wants to be the president anyway, but... At least in today's discourse, or at least today's norm, if after you've been president, the president, that's usually considered the upper, uh, the end of your career after your presidency. Well, and that's... Pretty much. Our, our system is inspired heavily by the Roman system, and the consulship is basically the executive office of the Roman period. Someone... I, I triggered some... I probably triggered John just now, but... <laughs> um, uh, it, it, yeah, screw it. It's the equivalent to the executive branch of our system. We're going to say that for argument. Um, and that was pretty much the highest office. A lot of people, after they hit their consulship, they got that, and they were like, cool, I retire. Especially since by that point, you probably racked up a lot of dough. <laughs> yeah. You could retire, but... Um, but I think it would be interesting, actually, to have senators need to move away from their home state. Because there's also that home state loyalty that people get. Like, oh, I know that guy. He's uh, I see him at Costco, or whatever the fuck. Um, so actually, forcing our senators out of their state after their term expired, and like, yeah, you need to go and run in a different state. Not only would that make it more competitive, more difficult. It would also force the senators to understand life in other states. Because let's say the California senator, they're like, oh yeah, guns, get rid of them. And then they need to go like run in Texas. And the Texans are like, yeah, we are never, never going to give up our guns, man. We love our guns. Uh, we use them a lot. They're a point of pride for a state. The senator needs to learn that then and learn how to adapt to that state. That could, that could honestly... I could see arguments for doing that. I could. That'd be cool. The reason I said 12 years is you don't want too much experience for senators because then they get old and they, they don't really understand modern times as well, I feel like. But you don't want too little experience. You want somebody there who can help mentor some younger freshmen congressmen and, and women yeah i don't know i wonder i wonder if any of those ideas were mentioned in the uh eh, wow i'm blanking it's not the constitution uh, the republic the federalist papers yes the federalist papers i wonder if any of that's mentioned in the federalist papers i don't know anything like that because it, it's not actually a new idea it's like I said, it's been around since Rome, and I n know that the founding fathers knew a lot about the Roman political system and studied it heavily, and it heavily inspired a lot of our current uh, political system. So I, I kind of yeah. wonder if they thought about doing that, and if they had a reason for not for just going the other way. That that would be interesting. Out of out of your discussions, I think down the Federalist Papers and the Constitution, I believe. If you want to be a senator of a state, you have to be a citizen of that state. And I think the reason that the founders did that was because 
you are you're if you're a citizen of that state, you have a vested interest to see that your state is successful. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, that's like supporting your own like, state. Yeah. yeah, if you're yeah, if you're if you're just if you're part of California, if you're a citizen of California, but you're you're running as senator for Minnesota, for example, you know that there it's like half a continent away. You you might be more inclined to say, I don't care about Minnesota. I'm a citizen of California. I don't care what the t- what the tax rate in Minnesota is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we are actually at time for today. <laughs> we went we went ham today. I feel like we were on fire. Yeah, for those last twenty minutes, I feel like I was listening to a lecture, just <laughs> sitting here taking notes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for watching. I hope you had fun listening to this. I had fun doing this. So. Yep, I had fun. Have a great day. Night or whatever it is, yeah. Bye. Fuck off. See you. See y'all.